Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. We're in the same room, Liam. Hello. Same room, a rare same room recording from JoJo's World. Hello, I'm looking at you with my eyes. I am uncomfortable. I feel like Alex Horn from Taskmaster. You feel like a piece of meat and I'm big hungry alligator ready to chomp you up. Yeah, that sounds like Greg Davies. Yeah, okay. From Taskmaster. Now, what's Taskmaster? Well, it's... Shut up. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, which today we are talking about Revolutionary Girl Utena. Never gets old. Episode 21, Vermin or Troublesome Insects. (gasps) So I think we can definitely answer the question of... Rats or or insects. (laughs) Who would win in a fight? It's rats. Yeah, I think nine times out of ten, the rats are going to take this one. Yeah, unless you've got like a poison dealer. You know, if you've got a poison type. This is just uh, that meme from like six months ago that was like, pick two, the rest is coming to kill you. And And it it was was like like, 10,000 rats, five uh, gorillas, three bears, etc. Man with gun. What would you pick? 10,000 rats, obviously. You wouldn't want that to come and kill you. No, you've got to take the 10,000 rats off the off the aggression field <laughs> or you're done. You cannot hide from 10,000 rats. But it doesn't say how long the period of those 10,000 rats is. And I feel like there have been 10,000 rats in my house at any given point in time. It's so many rats, Nick. I know. And I've lived more than 10,000 days with a rat each day. I don't think that's how it works. But... But I never... Oh. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I think Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. JoJo's World is a podcast. And you're listening to it right now. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just take a moment to thank you. Because we like to do this. And we like, we like to party. We like, we like to party. How long can you keep this up? The JoJo's bus is coming. Yep, JoJo's World World Tour. Embarking tomorrow. Dates to be posted on nothing, because this isn't real. Look, we've got a tour planned. We don't. Uh, It's in the mix. It's not. It's in the works. It's not. We have already contacted everyone we need to. Yep. Um, (laughs) Our parents to let them know we won't be home for a while. And that if they need to call us, we'll be out of the country. Uh, We've called the Prime Minister. Oi, Mr. Prime Minister. Hey. We've called him and said, hey, look. We're going to get a massive hey, influx look, of cash. Hey, look, get your fucking act together, man. That's what we said to him. <laughs> Literally. And he was like, oh, I'm scared of the JoJo's world, boys. He tried to shake our hand and we were like, fuck off. He tried to shake our hands while secretly praying at us, <laughs> as he recently <laughs> revealed is a thing he does. Um, Nick, Revolutionary Girl, Utena, episode mm. 21, Vermont. 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 Hi, welcome to JoJo's world, Vermont. Hey. I really don't know anything about Vermont, Nick. I can't contribute to this bit. I've never been to the United States of America and I know nothing about that particular state of Great. America. I'm pretty sure Vermont is in Canada. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Ooh, buddy. We put it all on the line. I, I, I bet you 50 shares in JoJo's World, Inc. Put my entire ownership of JoJo's on the line for this. I'm almost certain Vermont is in Canada. Vermont is a state in the New England region of the United States. It borders the states of Massachusetts to the south and was, New York to the west. I was thinking of Vancouver. And the Canadian province. I was thinking you might have been thinking of Toronto. Oh no, I was thinking of Toronto. <laughs> I've lost everything. Broadcasting live from Vermonto. <laughs> Vermonto. Hi, would you like uh, some Vermonto wine? But I digress. Revolutionary. Girl. Vermin. (laughs) 
Ah, it's me, Utena. I'm, I'm a, a I, vermin girl. I'm a rat girl. Hey, you like vermin? This show would be improved, I'd say, 5% if it was exactly the same. But uh, I want to say Nanami was some sort of rat girl. <laughs> well, she was almost a rat girl. She turned into a cow. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Nick, I've got an author's note for this episode. Enough beating around the goddamn bush. God, I would love to remake an episode of Utena, but with just us going, ah, for all the lines. Oh, you mean every um, low-quality abridged series ever released on YouTube? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah, anatomy. Ah, hey. I'm going to turn into a cow because I'm a, it's not a rat. Oh, and like I'm, absolutely incoherent babbling. Yeah, and I'm Utena for some reason. Mm-hmm. But then who's Anthe? It would probably be vaguely hey, racist. How you going on, Anthe? How you, how you bloody going on the you bloody You leave Anthe out of this. <laughs> and scene. When I was a kid, I crushed bugs and small animals with my feet for more or less meaningless reason. Oh, for, yeah. No, that's correct. For more or less meaningless reason that they were ugly. Nice. I... Actually, a not. child's world is governed by absurd and cruel rules. <laughs> if there's a rule that something must be crushed underfoot, is it a crime to want to be on the crushing side rather than the crushed side? Ooh. Next. That, uh, well, I mean, legality would dictate that, yes, if the kid is making the law, because he's the kid one Kid law. Would... Kid law 101. Hi, welcome to Kid Court. If you see an insect and it gets crushed, whose fault I is it? I sentence you to be coated in Nickelodeon slime. Hey, you can't coat me. I am the law. I've got diplomatic immunity. <gasps> How did you get that? I'm from the next school over. You son of a bitch. He's Special a sof- beings are beautiful and they're never trampled on. That girl could distinguish between beautiful things and ugly things. I suspect that ability was her misfortune. I um, I really thought that was going to go in a very different direction. Speak on that. Ah, oh, beautiful things never get crushed. That girl never gets crushed. <laughs> that girl always gets crushed. Ah. <laughs> oh. She thought, what's the difference between me and her? A miracle occurred. Maybe I can be a special being too. Is she the vermin or am I? I don't think that's the thesis that we went through in this episode. I think it is. Is it? Yeah. I thought the thesis was... That's why people kept talking about who's the real vermin. Oh, I get it. Because we're the rats. Because Naomi kept being like, I won't have vermin like you talking to my brother. And then um, Keiko Mm -hmm. was like, no, Naomi's the real vermin because I've been brainwashed and she's trying to keep me away from her brother. Mm. And then we get a third level of vermin, like a third level of abstraction where it's like, it's not me, it's not her. Someone's got to be the vermin. (laughs) But we're all the it's vermin. Just freaking mafia. Like, who's the vermin? Everything is vermin. Or as the kids would say, among us. Mm. Good album though, Vermis by uh, Ulcerate. That's a real band, okay. I promise. Ulcerate? Yep. It's Vermis. Yep, Vermis. If anyone goes off and listens to it expecting some happy anime music, that is not it. I don't think anyone would with a name like that, yeah. let's be honest. However, can confirm from New Zealand. So already- You heard it here first, folks. Ulcerate by Vermis from New Zealand. Other way around, but that's fine. <laughs> Nick. Yes. This episode is an episode of Revolutionary Girl Utena. We open on what can only it be starts described. Like every episode with the opening titles. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> something that yes. we talked about in our lost episode. Yep. That Rip and Peace. Forever. I just want to get on the the public record on the on the brain waves of the of the sound waves. 
Are you okay? No, I'm never okay. You had some trouble today. Today is just going to be a long, frustrating. I want you week. to. Um, I want you to take a breath. Okay. All right. Inhale. Okay. I've breathed. Mm-hmm. And exhale. Oh, yep. Now, as I understand, you'll be able to um, just live forever. But having done that now, you've breathed. <laughs> and now you're good. I'm sorry. How? Why is this living forever just by breathing? People need to breathe to live. And you have breathed. Ah, and I'm a breatharian by trade. Ah, yes, you just stare at the sun and inhale its toxic fumes and then you live forever. I'm pretty sure they believe that if you just breathe, you don't need food or water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it? Can I be a breatharian? No. Oh. Focus up, game face. Revolutionary girl lieutenant. The exact opposite of what is going to happen, but yes. We talked about Akio and the prince. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, we, we theorised the possibility of whether or not um, the prince in the Upside Down Sky Castle and Akio have some kind of um, Dragon Ball Z-style um, Namek and King Piccolo thing where one is like the evil half or the corrupt half of the other or vice versa. Mm. Um, and I just want to get that on public record in case that turns out to be true. And then you'll be like, I knew or it. Or if like they're the same being but... Uh, Prince in Sky Castle represents some sort of like uh, embryotic form of Akio. He wants to ascend to divinity or something like that. So the prince isn't real. He's just something that he wants to ascend. Or he to is real, but he's not complete yet. You know. Right. Okay. So wait. So how does Akio fit into that then? Don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right. But maybe something like that. Yeah, if, if that's the case, I just want to know, I just want it out there on the on the podcast record that we talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't hear us talking about it. And then you did a good joke in the last episode where you, you like ramped up like you were going to spoil me on something you'd heard. And then you just said, but I read online that the prince is Goku. <laughs> and you, you rused me really hard. <laughs> You were almost angry about that. You're like, Nick, oh, I don't. was genuinely angry. You're like, Nick, don't spoil anything. What are you doing reading spoilers? I'm like, hang on, hang on. Yeah, trust I'm going me. somewhere with we this. We gotta know this. You're like, do we? Do we need? I was like, he's Goku. You're like, oh, oh yeah, okay, fair enough. We then. can all agree he's Goku. He has to be right. He's the most powerful being we know. So is he? Well, like, who is the one that? Comes I guess down? he can win swords. Yeah, who's who comes down and wins the duels? Is it Utena or is it the prince? Like. When you, when you boil it down, who's controlling that sword, Did you know? the prince get involved in the Wakaba deal? I want to say Utena just did that out of pure coolness. Ooh, that's a good question. You know, these um these brainwashed duelists, mm-hmm. they're not really getting the job done, right? We can all agree on that. Like, Utena basically effortlessly fends them off Every 90% time. of the time. And then it's like, okay, I've... I've given you a chance to expose it about your motivations. Time to instantly defeat you. I think the only one she had trouble with was the fencing girl. I think Shiori. Yeah. No, yeah. not even. No, wait. Wasn't Shiori um, uh, Mickey's sister? Kazue. Oh, okay. That's Kazue. Yeah. Right. So Shiori. Oh, yeah. Because Shiori. Yeah. 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 She was the one that we knew the name of, but didn't know the name of. And then we found out the name of and went, oh, that's yeah, her name. You all remember that. Yeah. It was a long roller coaster of emotions that you were like, I already know her name, and her name is this, unless we're wrong. It was technically a series of events. <laughs> it wasn't narrated. And those events, not so unfortunate. Oh. Because the victor was our girl, Utena, who we're always in the corner for, even though she doesn't seem to have any motivations or forward story drive at the moment. She's just kind of there She's fighting. also kind of ba- vaguely stopped being interested in trying to 
let Anthe be a, re- a real girl or figure out what the whole Rosebride deal is. Mm. She's just doing her own thing. She's going to the cafeteria pavilion. She's doing sports. Yeah. She's hanging out with her best friend, Wakaba. She just wants a nice chill time and she's like, can I get a week without a duel? No? Okay, and, like, well then let's reset the timer. Actually, to be fair, that's not incongruous. Like, despite the fact that duels keep coming at her. Like, she only got involved in um, proactively dueling in the first season because, what was it? Um, Sayonji challenged her and she thought she'd lose on purpose, but then she decided she wouldn't because she didn't want Anthe to get mistreated. Now mm. she's got Anthe. And these, like, the student council's not challenging her anymore. Yeah, so she's like, well, I don't have anything... Problematic in my life. I'm just gonna chill. Oh god, uh, damn it! Wakaba's been brainwashed again. Oh yikes! Anyway, we open. We open it's on a Nanami. Sunny day. It's sunny. the same shot of everyone walking to school as usual, but it's Nanami, and then like ten meters behind her is her trio of minions, who, who I believe their names are. You got this, Nick. I believe in you. Keiko. Yep. Aiko. Yep. Yuko. Correct. Okay. Ding ding ding. Which one is which? Uh oh. Um. Aiko is the one with the red hair that sways. Keiko, I know, is the one who has the ponytails. Pigtails. Pigtails. And the other one is the other name that I said. (laughs) Well, Nick, other than the Keiko one, which I know you got right, I can neither confirm or deny (laughs) because I do not know. These are minor characters. These are the three girls who... uh, have basically just shown up to slap Anthe in previous episodes and went with Nanami to India in the curry episode. Yeah, they are her, as we would so call them, her vermin. No. Okay, not yet. just her minions. All right, not yet, not yet. Wait until the themes come in. Banana. Oh. What? Minions. They're her minions. Banana? Yeah, it's the thing minions say. Oh. Minions. Starring minions. Ugh. God, As seen minions. in Minions. I hate Minions Remember so how much. they specifically wrote in that the Minions uh, weren't around much in the um, 20th century so they didn't have to address the fact of whose side they fought on in World War II? <laughs> who asked that question? Like, who was the one that asked that question? Because they kept saying in the, in the lore of the Minions movie, which I have not seen, okay, uh, sure. that the Minions are drawn to serve the evilest creature they can find. Oh, God. <laughs> I see. All right. Wait, but if it's only the evilest creature they can find, what if they were like, yeah, so they sided up with the allies? And we're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, they said, oh, the minions that were actually quite instrumental in the Manhattan Project. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they really saw the good in their own weird, evil way. And you're like, oh, okay. You're as pretty as ever today, Miss Nanami. Yeah, Miss, Na- Miss Nanami, you're amazing. Oh, Miss Nanami, we wish we were you. But she gives them like a dark look. Like and a there's a little one. yellow rose just hovering in the screen. And we don't know why. Well, I think it just means playback. It's like a play button, but obviously it's a oh, rose. Oh, yeah, yeah, we flashed back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Flashback so, to the entrance ceremony on Nanami's first day at Otori Middle School. Oh. Uh, and then three girls came up and were like, Hey, you're in our class, right? You seem really cool and interesting. Can we be your minions? And then before she answers, uh, Toga shows up and Nanami's like, oh, big brother, I love you. And they're all like, wow, it's Toga Kiryu. We love him. That means that that girl that we just asked to be our friend is Toga Kiryu's sister. Oh, we should be her minions. (gasps) And they're all eating Pocky being like, we should be her minions. We need to do our very best and be with her at all times. We've got to be grateful. We've got internalised classism. She's just better than us. (laughs) 
We can do the best that we can do. This is the meaning of our life, to be Miss Nanami's minions. They all clasp hands together and they're all like, let's do the best we can do to be ourselves in the best way that can help her. Not really us, but the best way to help her. It'll be yeah. so good, guys. We, uh, the needs of us are outweighed by the needs of this cool girl that we know. All for one. Regina George. Ooh. It's Mean Girls, baby, and Nanami, she's the meanest girl we know. She killed a cat for basically no reason. Just like Regina George, I assume. I can only we assume. We can only assume. Yeah, she would do that. So, there is... It's not fair to say there's no Toga Kiryu in this episode, but it's also not fair to say there's any Toga Kiryu in this episode, because uh, we get the first of basically shots of him just with his back to the camera, not saying or doing anything. In a purely catatonic... Days, if you will. Still sulking because what he didn't steal the power of Dios and kill Utena or whatever he wanted to do. He couldn't revolutionize the world. Yeah. And so he's been sulking for what, like eight episodes now? Weeks on end. Yeah. He he hasn't has he been to school? No. He's in, fact, in fact, he has a party this episode and the next day they're like, he's still not coming to campus though. Oh my god. He's missing out on crucial yeah. education. How's he going to, like, take over his father's kingdom or whatever now? <laughs> Do we know anything about where We don't know are... anything about these people outside of the school they attend, other than the fact that we know that Toga and Nanami are rich. Ah, the microcosm of the school, only supplemented by oh, everyone's We also rich. know that Sayonji and Kiryu used to be friends and sword fight as kids. Oh yeah, true. And everyone else just has, like, their own backstory and that's it. Yep. But no parents. Mickey, also likely rich because he had a big piano in the garden. Yep, yep. Uh, Utena, no idea. Possibly metaphorically a princess, possibly actually a princess. Who knows Her parents died, we know that. Yeah, but who knows anything about anyone in this whole goddamn school? We don't know anything. We know that Wakaba used to get teased. Mm Mm-hmm. We know that... We don't know anything about Anthe. Except that she has a brother. Allegedly. Right? <laughs> you look very scared right now. We've only got their word to go on and we know he's a liar. <laughs> I mean, he might be a liar, but only to He them. could be like some sort of psychic parasite produced by the prince in the um oh my god. in the sky castle to be like now manipulate Anthe for my own hands. Oh my god, but what if? Uh, so hit, okay, here's my theory. Okay, hit me with a theory. Your classic JoJo's Akio Otori only showed up after Utena beat up Kiryu. Yep. And there was that period of, um, and, and per Kiryu's word, and he seems to be informed on these things to some degree, like the Rose Bride conforms to the wishes of whoever is owning the Rose Bride, yeah. I guess. Okay. Um, so what if between when, um, when Utena beat Kiryu and reclaimed Anthe, and then when Anthe reappeared on the walk home to be like, I'm engaged to you, mm-hmm. Akio compromised her somehow and like he's just like pulling some big ruse and is not actually her brother hmm hmm but how would you compromise her somehow? magic yeah okay <laughs> i could yeah okay i can get on board with that all right if magic is involved all logic flies out the window that's basically what i've learned i mean look you can pull a sword out of her <laughs> you can probably do all sorts of things <laughs> If you can pull a sword out of them, you can do anything you so, want to yeah. them. Kiryu's still sad, and he's just being sad at night. So mm-hmm. Nanami's like, I'll throw a big party to make him happy again. And all the girls are like, that's a great idea. You should invite everyone, girls. And then, like, throughout this little set, there's just this little sketch of, um, like, another classmate coming and being like, oh, Nanami, it's your turn to uh, clean up after class. 
Nanami? Nanami, could you? Nanami. Could you? And she's could you? just like, and we'll invite anyone and everyone who should come. Anyone with a name, anyone from the school. That's wonderful, Miss Nanami. Yeah, Miss Nanami. Yeah, we love you. Uh, yeah. Uh, woo! Yeah! And Nanami. she's like, oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Yes, thank you. Yep, bad I'm well audio. Aware. I'm well aware. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm the best there's ever been. And that kid in the background still just like, can you clean the whiteboards now? Quick Ms. sequence Ms. of Keiko and Co. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the three girls. Yeah. The vermin. No. Okay. They're not the vermin. They're all vermin. Everyone's vermin. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, giving out invitations to basically any named character we've seen. So I think the first one's Jury. Yep, Jury. A party, really? We're in a student council crisis and she's throwing a fucking party. Well, I have to go then. <laughs> Inviting Mickey, inviting Wakaba, inviting those three unnamed boys who just keep showing up. Uh, and Choo-choo. then Choo-choo gets an invite, probably for Anthe, but you know. Yeah, and then she leaps into the air and throws a heap of envelopes like a ninja and is like, please come. And everyone is getting invites. Yeah. So then Keiko is back in her own dorm, getting dressed in front of a mirror, being like, I haven't seen Toga Kiryu in so long. I'm in love with him and foreshadowing the fact that later this episode I'll pull a sword out of him. <laughs> See, I didn't think that was where this was going to go. I clocked it immediately. (sighs) All right. He's the only one that hasn't happened to yet. I know, but still. (laughs) And it's the one with the least viable setup. Like, even Sionji and Wakaba had, like, some pre-established relationship, Mm. even if it wasn't a good one at all. And I mean, everyone's moved on from Kiri being like, where is he? Don't know. Oh, well. I know he won't notice me, but what if he does? Ooh. Um, they're getting the party ready. There's a fun little sketch where um like we think it's just like convenient animation to show her moving quickly. Uh Keiko is sliding around in front of the screen holding plates and stuff, but then we get a wide shot, she's actually wearing rollerblades under her gown to uh and the uh the other two are like, Wow, is that is that a new dress? Great dress. Yeah, it looks really good on you. And she's like, Oh, I'm really glad. And internally she's like, Toga Kiryu is gonna love me. But then Nanami comes downstairs in like this huge yellow ball gown and is like, oh by the way Keiko can you go back to the school and do all this boring paperwork for me and Keiko's like but but the party but the the, oh is the party not ready I I mean the party's ready oh good bye oh okay chop chop and uh, she is whisked away like a rat in a mousetrap tell me more about whisking um, so basically when the peaks start forming, you need okay, to Okay, we're done. <laughs> so she is You want to get, um, you want to get two identical peaks. You want to get some twin peaks. <laughs> you want to get the sun peak and the moon peak. And together they form the yin and yang of the twin peaks methodology, which is David Lynch is directing and acting in twin peaks. <laughs> is he? Yeah, he's um he's the I think he's part deaf, so he has a hearing aid, but he never turns it on because then things are too. Hang loud. on, I'm I'm asking you if he's in the show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's the deaf, like the semi-deaf character oh, okay. in the show that has a hearing aid that he refuses to turn on because it wears the batteries down. Ah, I see. Yeah. Um. And so he talks really loud. Keiko's walking slowly through the school, like oh, I've loved you for so long. And what where vibrant colors once were, now it is dusk, darkness. Just sad colours everywhere. The only girl who can ever get near the prince is the princess from his fairy tale world. It's just not realistic for me to want to compete with his biological sister for his affections. Mm. And so she goes from her lovely little uh, internal monologue in this nice, brightly lit world to the dark, dank Scary record room. Where she isn't doing paperwork so much as sitting on a ladder. Yep, we've all been there. God, have we ever. And then she comes back to the party and another... 
from behind shot of Kiryu uh, apparently at the party and having a decent time despite his catatonic days despite his depression Nutena's there having a conversation with him looking very cartoony mm, extremely just I can't tell if she looks like shocked or amused. she's got some emotional baggage vis-a-vis oh Kiryu you're here oh no and then Nanami comes and yells at them with, with another very cartoony face with a face. very angry cartoony face being like how dare you <laughs> And she's watching from outside being like, I can never be part of that world. Poor Keiko. Time to go home and Present cry. Present moon. Undoes pigtails in the mirror. If it's only the next I... day. It's 2000 and zero, probably. Which is just the year 2000. And zero. And zero, I assume. And Mickey, Utena, Choo Choo and Anthe are all sleepy because it was a big party last night. And Toga looked better than we were expecting. Uh, Utena is having a conversation with Mickey. Mickey does the stopwatch thing at some point. Yep, immediately. It is a more or less meaningless conversation <laughs> from what I remember. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's a more or less meaningless character gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> what if it doesn't mean Twink. anything? Why would they animate it? Why would they do it? Why would they have a different number He's very every precise. time? But what does it mean? Like, what? Is it ah. like keeping time? It's like you keep time in music, but you also keep time when you have a stopwatch. You keep time in music, but we keep time And you time also in keep life. time in taking minutes in a meeting. I don't know if we so caught it's this It's just on. like uh, linking up like thematically his like organized nature and his musical nature. Well, I don't know if we linked this up uh, before, or rather, I don't know if we recorded this when I was telling you before, but... The greatest lesson from Yakuza Zero is that time is the most precious resource. You know, we, have. we didn't record that. That was today. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, time is the most precious resource. So maybe he's keeping track of his time. Maybe he's timing what he does every day in order to get a more aggregated view of his life. Perhaps he's doing the quantified self method. Oh, the thing you do. Yeah, Nick. We watched this show uh, on my other podcast called Jonathan Creek. Okay. And there was an episode of that show called Time Waits for Norman about a man named Norman <laughs> uh-huh. about who was obsessed with time slipping away inexorably towards his very death. Maybe that's Mickey. Or maybe that's me. Mm, not me. I'm going to live forever. I have a very dark lesson for you. So they're like, great party that we were invited to last night. And yeah, then Nanami's like, huh, you're talking about my brother sneaking around and spying on him? No, no, we were just talking about the party you were invited to. Oh, and you thought, oh, the more the merrier. I'll go to the party I was invited to. Yeah, that's pretty much what we Disgusting. thought. Disgusting. You're vermin. And all three of the other girls are like, yeah, vermin, Getting you up sick in rat. Face. Yeah, you're nothing more than a sick piece of filth. And the last one just goes, nyeh, 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 nyeh. then leans out of frame, a beat, leans back into frame. Yeah. <laughs> And Utena is just looking very sad now. Yeah. Just going from like worse to worse. You just went to the party because you were inviting me. Yes, well, perhaps you should have thought better than that, you dumb fuck. Yeah, fuck you, Utena. Yeah, you fucking asshole. <laughs> That'll teach you for hanging around Togekiryu, despite being specifically invited to do that. You idiot. You absolute you, rude. You cad. You bounder. You jag. You'll never revolutionise the world. You'll work in the stock market until you're dead as a day trader. You'll amount to nothing more than a capitalist dog. Like the sick piss of filth you are. So then Nanami leaves and it's revealed that Anthony just slipped through that whole thing. Because they're tired from the party. She's like, oh no, what, was I asleep? And then we get a thing of choo-choo. Yeah, choo-choo sketch where he's in a sleeping bag and farting in it a lot. And it went, he, went on a bit long. And then he, I believe, attempts to breathe the fart in. Yeah. In order to avoid it escaping and blowing up the sleeping bag. Yeah. I have never <laughs> once in my life attempted that. Good. But as a child, that would have made perfect sense to me. Be like, oh, it's escaping. Quick, blow it away. Nick. 
the yes. Pleiades. <laughs> Quick star fact time. Yep. Astronomy Corner with Liam. Do 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 do. Is that the Mario yep. theme? <laughs> <laughs> the Ple- Pleiades Open Star Cluster. Mm. Known as Subaru in Japan. I'm sorry, known as what? Subaru. Subaru? City Subaru. Come on down to City Subaru, where we've got all the Subarus as that <laughs> bad... Uh, <laughs> no, that's how, that's how the song went in that campaign. That was a song? <laughs> yeah. Um, all I remember... Oh my God, you're right. There was a City Subaru song. Um, all I remember is that Subaru has the constellation on the badge. And I went... Because I remember the other day thinking, why is Subaru such a shitty logo? Thinking about it a lot, as you do. Yeah, because like I saw a Subaru, and then I saw like a Honda, which is like a cool H. And I went... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, okay, that's a bit weird. And then you see Mazda, which is a cool M. And you're like, oh, okay, it's just like a cool M. And then you see like, uh, like a Mercedes-Benz, and it's like a diamond. And you're like, eh, it still looks pretty cool. And then you see a Subaru, and it's like, bleh. Just oh, big blue then stars. Then it turned out one that actually has meaning. Yeah, it's actually got meaning behind it. And it's like, oh, shit. It's like, uh, what, what's the one that's like MG? That's just two dudes' names that I they were like... really couldn't tell you. It's like Michelle Gardner or something. Wow, you sure know a lot about stars, Miss Utana. Or cars, in the case of the conversational tangent we went down. <laughs> oh, yeah, I learned about it from Akio. He's been teaching me a lot about stars. Ah... And then he comes in and he's like, ah, oh, yes, the Winter Constellation. Did someone mention stars? Do you want to talk about space with me? Well, I mean, we just offhandedly mentioned it. Turns out the cluster. It's lovely to see two friends together. The twins of Gemini, <laughs> of course. Castor and Pollux. So named after the characters in Face Off. Castor Troy and, and Pollux Troy. Oh, beautiful. Actually perfect. <laughs> So now we know that Face Off is a big fuck-off astronomy reference. But seeing you admiring the stars together is a sight even more beautiful than Gemini. Dare I say something could outshine the very stars I'm so obsessed with. Not like that, Archeo. That's not a cool thing to say. No, that... What? That was Utena who said... Oh, sorry. No, Archeo. Yeah. I forgot their names. (laughs) So Utena's Archeo. Yep. Uh, Akio's Utena. Yeah, and uh, Anthe is only Anthe. No one can replace Anthe. So Utena immediately leaves via the lift. Akio, re- uh, Anthe remains. Oh, you really did forget yeah, their names. I'm having a moment. Okay. And then uh, we she get turns a- around and Akio towers above her. Like, In a very weird moment. Do you understand, Anthe? I want you to continue being very close to Utena, which is why I suspect... That possibly he's compromised her rose brightiness somehow. And I'm not sure if Anthe was like... Yes, big brother. Well, she she had like this weird expression and then smiled mm. as she said, yes, big brother. So I don't know if she's like... Anthe, blink twice if you're in danger. She never blinked at all. It's the June. present. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Keiko is walking through the rain with her an umbrella. And she sees up ahead, Togakiryu, walking through the rain without an umbrella. There's a spinning rose... Yep. For some reason. <laughs> and I don't know why. Oh, he's getting soaked. What should I do? Oh, well, I couldn't possibly use my umbrella. He's too far above me. Both literally and figuratively. No, this is my only chance. I have to take it. So she decides against all her better judgments that she should run up yep. and offer her umbrella to Togekiri. We never see his face because he's so diminished from his loss. We can only assume. He's this pathetic, meaningless husk. Quite surprised no Sionji in this episode, seeing as he's back in the mix now. Yeah, but this is a Togekiri Yeah, but they invited everyone to the party. 
Oh, he was probably there just in the background. <laughs> you know, no one wanted to... Actually, he probably wasn't there because he left. But he's back. Yeah, but didn't he leave like for... Oh, no, he is back, isn't he? He's <laughs> Did you back forget the, school. the last episode? I might have. <laughs> for a brief moment, I thought, no, he went off to do hitchhiking at the end of the last episode. No, went he's back at the school. Went off to do hitchhiking. <laughs> You know, he was off going around America. He didn't get very far. America, Japan. He was still walking distance. <laughs> he was still Wakaba walking Wakaba walks distance. that distance every day. Mm, true that, true that. The rain could make you sick. And then Nanami is walking through in a uncharacteristically purple dress and purple umbrella. Mm, as if to uh, sign off some form of sexual frustration as every... What? Every high schooler ever after like a few art classes like... Oh, red is the color of love. Green is the color of like evil and corruption. What's purple? They're like, that's the color of sexual frustration. You're like, you're making this up. I'm not. You want to look it up? Technically purple is the color of evil. But in high school, everyone would keep saying purple is the color of sexual frustration. So whenever you wore any purple, they'd be like, oh, is someone feeling sexually frustrated? I don't think it's real. But like, but, <laughs> but, like, but I am going to talk about but it. Every length. high schooler ever would be like, it's the color of sexual frustration. Purple is royal. It's elaborate, replete with trappings of majesty and ceremony. Oh. Purple both calms and stimulates our bodies, <gasps> putting us in the right place for introspection and focused insight. Mm. Fosters creativity by awakening our senses while promoting the quiet, necess- the quiet necessary to make intuitive, insightful observations. This seems a bit far for looking at a colour, but okay. <laughs> anyway, so she sees Keiko walking with Kiryu and is like, oh, I've got to destroy her now. Straight up, sees Kiryu with literally any other human being yeah. and goes, well, vermin. Looks, she's getting the cat now, oh, isn't like she? like someone's vermin. <laughs> Look who's vermin now. Well, well, if their name isn't Keiko Vermin, whatever your last name is. <laughs> Keiko Vermin does not have a last name. And then we, uh, we see a Black shot Rose of... Pluck. And then comes the downfall. Ah, oh, you rode so high on that brief normal walk in the rain, Keiko, but you didn't know what a, what an intense price you would have to pay. So, uh, Keiko's walking back like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good She's about walking my life. through, I think this is next day or something. Nanami yeah. has summoned her to one of the school's many hallways. <laughs> one of the many outdoor hallways, yep. yep. Where are you, Miss Nanami? Oh, hello, Keiko. I see uh, you've decided to be an absolute fucking and she's, bastard. And yeah, she's looming in the shadows, like with her arms crossed smugly. You've been hanging out with that Togekiryu, haven't you? No, she's, she's, haven't not, you? she's not even doing this. Oh. She's just like, hey, I'm dim- dismissing you from all of your school duties and clubs and everything. You no longer exist. And uh, Keiko's like, what? what? But, wh- why? But, but I've been your greatest servant. Oh, have you now? I was careless. The worst vermin of all was the one under my own feet. <gasps> oh, Miss Nanami. None of you vermin will reach my brother, she says. And uh, we get big shocked eyes from Keiko. And then Nanami being like, be gone no. from my sight, you fucking vermin. You roach. You absolute insect. You're not even worth my time. Why am I still talking to you? And I'm not. Leaves. I'm leaving. Uh, and, and then Keiko the- turns around. Yuko and Aka were there. And hey, girls, like, help me. And she's like, hey, 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 I need your help. Nanami's being a real bitch, okay? And then classic high school move. They're just like, what was that? It must have just been the wind. <gasps> and they walk the fuck oh away. Oh my God. And Keiko's like, no, 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 no. I don't exist anymore. I'm, I'm fading. I'm fading. <laughs> oh no. No, not really. And that's the end. <laughs> that's a wrap on Keiko. Uh, a couple of scenes of her being sad. And then she's at Nemero Memorial, Memorial Hall. The doing, therapy clinic. Yeah, getting her evil therapy. 
I'm checking in, she's checking in, I'm checking in. No more fun or happiness, something, something traumatized. No more freaking swords at all. I'm, I'm dueling now? I don't know. Anyway, I'm checking in. Good song. Yeah, Nick, I'd give that a solid C+. Plus. Um, Could have bumped you up to a, um, a B, a B minus if you had right. <laughs> the way you said happiness, you could have rhymed it quite well with therapist. With the oh, therapist damn here. it! <laughs> I'm, just, I'm trying to get a Nemo Memorial <laughs> Hall in there. <laughs> oh, don't want to work that into my poetry. That's a challenge. It's just... Nemo Memorial Hall is a place I go to. Yeah, the academics to are like get bad therapy. <laughs> the academics are like we really shouldn't have splurged on this ad campaign. <laughs> it's like a guy in like a meeting room. Okay, look, I know what we were going for, <laughs> but I think this is not maybe in good taste. Makage, this is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? Makage just comes back. He's like. <laughs> in the background because the fire of evil furnace is oh, burning yeah, yeah. and he's like yeah I can hear you yeah what's up son? yeah Makage really shouldn't record his podcast in the evil furnace room <laughs> it's like so the next thing I thought when I was walking down was like if a subway's gonna be- oh hang on a second Ching. <laughs> if a subway's gonna be open on a Saturday why not give me the option of the weekday breakfasts I understand the, the, the spoken bit that you're doing but I like the whole scene well I mean podcasts are meaningless oh right? yeah yeah, yeah. So, Keiko's therapy. She begins by saying, all I wanted was to get closer to Togekiryu. So I got closer to Nanami. Deeper. Go deeper. I hate Nanami. She thinks she's She thinks she's so good. I thought I could love whoever I want to, but I can't. It's like I'm some kind of Jedi. I'm Anakin Skywalker and Togekiryu is my Padme Amidala. Ah. And Nanami is Mace Windu. (laughs) Right? I don't think Mace Windu is specifically the one doing it, but yeah, that's a fine analogy. Okay. Pretty sure more Obi-Wan is trying to stop them from getting together, isn't nah, he? Nah, he's, he's cool with it. Oh, he understands the pain because he too is, a, is like a cool, he chill guy. He too has known love. Oh, when the fuck did he know love? Uh, Satine, the Duchess of Mandalore. Oh, <gasps> no. Yeah. I, I don't know who that is. Darth Maul killed her. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah, it was in, drama. In Clone Wars? Yeah. Fuck. That's pretty brutal, actually. It was. Wow. It gave him emotional baggage, which didn't really go anywhere. Hmm. This explains so Not few much. things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's, she has the audacity to love her brother in front of me. How do I feel about that? That is how I feel. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. understand. You've got to revolutionize the world. Uh, and so Mikage gives her the dead boy ring. And she's all the like, dead boy ring. And she's all like, what is this room? And he's like, think nothing of it, dear. And then she walks into uh, Toga's hangout in wheelchair in front of Big Windows. Hey, room. welcome to Toga Kiryu's depressed emporium. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I've got my umbrella here. And she just gets in real close and then my real love. closer. Oh, look at me. Look at this big purple ring on my hand. As like, it goes down onto your chest and pulls a sword out of you. So she starts groping him, pulls a sword out, and is like, now you'll only have eyes for me. Because you're a sword. Uh, and Kiryu collapses on his chair. He collapses even more. And he's all like, oh. Yep, Utana gets a dual summons. We get a sketch, a shadow sketch. Oh. And it's bugs. It's bugs. Look, it's me, a butterfly. The I'm man- fragile yeah. and harmless. Oh, I'm a mantis. I'm chasing you. And she's all like, run away, run away. Bug spray, no. And Utena's like, that's just air freshener. 
Yep, classic sketches. Sketch comedy, eat your heart out. Auntie Donna, you couldn't do better than this. <laughs> we did the absolute destiny apocalypse. She climbs the big staircase. I'm it's time to do it. going up. She's going up. I can't get that fucking yeah, song know, out of my head. Don't know why, Nick. Don't I know don't why. know why. Maybe because it's a great bit. This play has everything. <laughs> Wait, is, is, does he say that in that one or in the Planet of the Abyss music? He says it in the Planet of the Abyss okay. one. Uh, uh, but... In that, and I'm checking in. He's like, one day I want to go and check into the Betty Ford Clinic. Oh, right. And Marge just goes, uh, yeah, you better start saving up now. It's very expensive. And Lisa says, oh, hang on. Shush. They're checking in Liza Minnelli for the first time. So Keiko's up there. She's got a fetching black rose dueling outfit that's like red with black or navy blue highlights. Deeply imperial. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she yoinks out her sword and is like, you there, coward. With Toga's sword, I'll defeat you. Do you think you could beat Toga's sword? Jenna's like, Toga's sword? Yeah, that's right, you fucking Chad. She Toga's does sword. a huge pose that's like far above her station as a C-tier character. Draw your sword. And Anthony's holding an umbrella, but then the umbrella disappears for the stock sword drawing footage. We do see it again later as all the umbrellas float into yeah, the yeah. sky. But she has a very special umbrella, symbolising that she, unlike the vermin symbolizing girl, Symbolising that Keiko, she... Is Anthe. Yeah, and Keiko, who has a hundred umbrellas, is On just the desks. Is just mixing into the crowd, but not truly actualizing herself so what, as an yeah, individual. What does an umbrella symbolize? Well, I think so, the, the one hundred umbrellas is probably one of hers is there, but you'll never know which one because she's not special. And obviously the umbrella is loaded with the as a symbol of her uh her affection? No, not her affection, but like her attempt to um mm-hmm transcend the class boundaries that keep her from Kiryu because ah. she saw her saw him walking in the rain. An umbrella is like a ceiling f- for rain, I guess. So they have the usual duel where they're fighting and she's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> oh, because I love Kiryu and I hate Nanami. She's ah. vermin. Okay, so why are you fighting me? Because fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> so she's all like, you think you can beat Toga's sword? Toga's so handsome. She, <laughs> Toga's so manly. <laughs> Toga's so pretty. Cool story. Time to immediately defeat you. <laughs> uh, so quite literally, the prince comes down and then uh, Keiko loses. Yep. That's pretty much all that happens. Uh, all the umbrellas float away. Anthes is, is swept away mm-hmm. as well. Keiko falls into one of those red corpse outlines on the floor. I didn't notice when we watched the Wakaba duel, but someone on the Reddit pointed out that um, after Utena beats Wakaba in that episode, she catches her so she doesn't fall into one of these corpse outlines because, of course, she cares for her friend. Mm. That's nice. Transcendental. So, after, so I thought what was going to happen when she got up there and uh, Keiko was like, I'll destroy you. Utena was going to be like, you. Who are you? <laughs> but what happens now is after she's defeated her, she's like, I don't even know her name. What a pathetic lowlife. I always thought she was Nanami's friend. What's going on here? Something bad is happening to all these people and I don't know what it is, nor do I care to find <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> wow, someone should really look into that. Oh, well. Won't be me. It's not my <laughs> so, problem. Yeah, so this time she is literally talking about like, it's scary how the roots of hatred can spread where you can't see them. So she's like, actually, for the first time, she's actually commented on this thing that keeps happening, basically. That's it. That's the only uh, That's the only commentary we get from her. Yep. Mikage is like, ah, oh, failed again. Oh, well, that was fun. And then it's later, and Keiko is back in the clique being like, ha, 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 it was silly of me to think I could have feelings for Toga. And they're all like, yes, it was. And that's the end of that chapter. 
Yep, there's nothing else that happens. Uh, quick, Utena and Anthe comment on the conversation where uh, Utena's like, oh, I just don't get it. And Anthe's like, oh, Miss Utena, Keiko's the one with the pigtails. No, 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 I mean, I don't get it. You know, why would she just go back if she hated Nanami? Um, and then she said some, like... She said something that was too real. Something fucked. Uh, if it's for someone you love, how you feel about others doesn't matter. You keep lying to yourself for as long as it takes. To be continued. (laughs) It's like, oh. Oh, You okay, Anthony? Is something going on behind the scenes here? Blink twice if you need help. She never blunk. Blonk. She never blonked? Nick. Yo. Highlights and lowlights in this episode. I think my highlight was Nanami revealing that she was not vermin. But what's her face was vermin. everyone else was vermin. Everyone else is vermin. Because we had the build up of... Uh, Toga being allowed a simple Party. umbrella. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then Nanami going, and just going, that's it. You're no more. You're nothing. You're vermin. I fucking love that escalation of just like high school pettiness where mm. it's like, oh, I think you know what you fucking did. What did I do? You fucking know. I don't know. Well, then you'll never know. You'll never know. But it's just that ultimate Nanami maneuver of like, well, I can't just tell you to stay away up front. So you're banned from everything I can control, which is everything. My highlight is... It better be good. Kind of an average episode. What? <laughs> My highlight is that shot of Keiko sitting on the ladder in the records room. Because uh. it was just, like so isolated and depressing. Like literally everyone else she knows is at a party. And she's like, oh, I've got to do this paperwork. Uh, but we've all been there. Because like... I have no self-respect. But we've all been there. We've all been there. Um, low lights. My low light is probably, I want to say, the resolution of the episode. Speak on that. Keiko goes back to just be a vermin again. <laughs> you know? You know what I mean. Uh, and it's just like, oh, so we're back to where we were. It's like, yeah, we're back to where we were. I'm like, oh. Okay. So this was nothing. We all, this entire thing is just kind of nothing. <laughs> nothing changed. No one learned anything. It's just, she still is in love with Togekiryu. Nothing's really happened. This is definitely a filler. Gotta give them props <sighs> for, like, making uh, a character whose, like, name we've never learned before, like, it believable that she'd be the sword ball oh, of yeah. Kiryu. Oh, yeah. But, like, we don't really have any investment in her to the same level as any of the other ones. No, but it's still, like, she just goes back to being nothing, and I'm like, no! Make her a thing now, you know? Make her, like, a character! Never! Oh. She'll show up, maybe she'll slap Anthony once or twice more. <laughs> That's something. That's a step in the right direction, um, I guess. My low light is that weird choo-choo fart sketch. Oh, yeah, I forgot that happened. Yeah, that was pretty bad. So, Nick. Yes. Predicts. We've gone through all the student council members now in terms of pulling swords out of them. Yeah. Oh, also, my other low light is that, like, they tried to have it both ways in this episode in terms of having Kiryu there to have his sword be pulled out, mm-hmm. but also be absent from this arc because of his defeat. Yeah. And I don't know if they quite split the difference to my satisfaction. Ooh. Anyway. Um, okay. Yeah. So all the student council members have had swords pulled out of them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what next? What will happen the next time? The end of the arc? What will happen next time on Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant uh-huh. in the episode entitled Nemero Memorial Hall. Get the fuck out of here. Which is very awkward for me because I named one of our previous podcast episodes Nemero Memorial Hall. You should name it the episode about Nemero Memorial <laughs> Hall, the episode. Uh, okay. 
I just realized if you named it the episode Nemoro Memorial Hall, the episode, it still makes sense. Yeah, it's a palindrome. Yeah, no. (laughs) I've got a guess. All right, give me a guess. I reckon we're going to get a Shoji Mikage backstory episode. That makes sense. Okay. I don't. Okay. I reckon we're going to get Utena go to Nemoro Memorial Hall for therapy. Ah, and get Mm. Black Rosed. They will attempt Ah. and then go, wait a second. No, her heart is too pure. Or they'll be like, wait a minute, you're already with the Rose Bride. So Utena will re- wait, but they already know who Utena is. Yeah, they already know who Utena is, so they can't be like, oh, we'll just, like, Black Rose her because she'll. we have to win a duel or some rule shit that'll mm-hmm. crop up. And thus they'll be like, well, she came in for therapy, but now it gets a bit weird in that she'll probably just be like, yeah, we can't take her over, but we'll just fight her here and now, Maybe. 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 I, I, I hope this will be the episode where Utena finally rumbles onto Mikage's plot. Mmm. And just be like, all these people keep going to Nemoro Memorial Hall. And then fighting me. Maybe What's I should go there and fight someone. And then she does. And she what, wins. What if? I reckon there's probably still another three episodes of this arc. Mmm. What if? Right? So it could be a Mikage backstory. Yeah. But what if it's an ant- we, we don't really know anything about Mamiya yet either. Mamiya. Rose Groom. Ah, Rose Groom. What if Mamiya and Anthe get a meeting together ah. at Nemoro Memorial Hall? And then we get some... Why? Re- because they're all in on the same secret plot that Akio is working oh. towards. Even though, even though Mamiya ostensibly wants to kill and replace Anthe? Yes. Okay. But they can't because it has to be done through magical means. Magic. Like through the Black Rose. And stars. Yes. Or some bullshit like that. Uh-huh. So what What if, right? Follow me here. Following? Follow. Right click, follow. What if Anthe, upon the orders of Akio... Kills Mamiya. Is like, okay, Anthe, now is the time that you subvert expectations. Don't say that. And you attack Utena. Oh my god. In a duel. Wow. And so... To what end? I don't know. I don't... Maybe it's so that Anthe will gain self... Like actualization, or like, or like freedom, or something. No, but, but that's what Utena's trying to give her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's still the Rose Bride. She's still enamored to another, right? Or like she's bound to another via the marriage. Yeah. But what if? Oh, if she wins and takes herself. Yes, exactly. Then she's married to herself, uh-huh. as are we all. <laughs> and we're also all married to the Lord our God. Ah, uh, are we? <laughs> okay, Nick. This has been JoJo's World. Yep. If you've enjoyed our content, you can go to www.patreon.com slash JoJo's World. World. Yep. Uh, nothing's really getting posted there for... Ever. Ever. But if you enjoy this content, it does help us in maintaining this content. And until next time... To, to be, be continued. continued.